Welcome to FitChicks Chat brought to you by FitChicks Academy, where we are dedicated to teaching you all about fitness, nutrition, and wellness, as well as how to build an incredibly successful business using our proven techniques and systems designed to get you certified, confident, successful, and get you results for yourself, your business, as well as your clients. Now, if you've ever wondered, how can I be successful as a coach? Where do I find my first client? How do I even build a business? Where do I begin? I want you to make sure to listen to the end of each episode so that you can hear inspiring stories from our graduates of the Fitchix Academy and hear how they signed their first clients, how they built their business of their dreams and paid back their tuition just weeks after graduating and how all of this is possible for you too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn, and on today's podcast, Laura Jackson's not joining me because instead I have a very special guest. I have Tanya Harris joining me. How are you, Tanya? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's honestly my pleasure. As we were chatting about offline, I'm so excited to have you here because just so everyone is aware, um, Tanya is an environmental toxin expert. She's a board certified holistic nutritionist and an author of a highly anticipated book that's coming out called The Slightly Greener Method, Detoxifying Your Home is Easier, Faster, and Less Expensive Than You Think. I am like... freaking so excited to talk to you about this stuff because I think like this conversation doesn't happen often enough and people are not necessarily aware of how the toxins in their environment can affect them in such a huge way. Would you agree with that statement? A hundred percent. I always call it kind of the missing piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors, but I really think that this is um, and such an easily controllable way also to take some control over our health. Right. And I think, you know, even the title of your book being that it's, you know, it doesn't have to be as difficult or as expensive. And I think that that's a really key factor. And I want to talk about that later because a lot of times people associate anything to do with like health or organic living or or anything like that to do with it's going to cost me so much more because of, you know, if you think about from a consumer standpoint at grocery stores and things like that, everything is more. So if you try to get organic fruit, strawberries mm-hmm. are going to be $10 instead of $3, right? right, so, right. so it's this idea that to, to live in that way is going to be more expensive. And we really want to make it so that it is affordable as well as accessible to everybody. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So why don't, um, if you don't mind, can you just start off by kind of sharing a little bit more about your background, who you are and how you came into this world? Like why this became such an important piece for you in your life? Right. Well, you know, growing up, I didn't think I would be so excited about environmental toxins and reading labels. (laughs) So um, my original degree is in teaching actually, but um, I'm also a childhood cancer survivor. And I think that plays a huge role. I was diagnosed with leukemia um, just two weeks before my seventh birthday. And then, um, so did chemo, did all that good stuff. Um, And then I think it was like 2000, I've been doing this really since 2006, just kind of accidentally falling into it. That's when my son started having kind of attention issues in school and they called me and the teacher wanted to have him tested for maybe ADHD. Right. And it wasn't a surprise. I had seen some of the symptoms at home, but I don't know what it was. I just wasn't ready to test him yet. And I don't know if it was my background in going to all those doctors all the time and being told, be careful what you eat. But something in me just said, there might be something more to this. And 
I asked for just a couple more weeks to go home and research before we did the testing. So I went home and back in 2006, it wasn't quite as easy to look everything up online, but I did find that there are a couple things possibly that you can do to remove ingredients from the diet that might have a, uh, you know, play a role in that attention and behavior. Um, but so I think I removed artificial colors and benzoate preservatives did that for just, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks, Right. went back for the follow-up appointment at school and they didn't see a need to test him anymore, which I didn't expect that. I was floored. So yeah. we didn't cure him, I always say, but we lessened the symptoms enough that they didn't want to test him. And it did allow him to concentrate a little better in school. And then I was kind of hooked. So I went on and discovered it's not just what you put in your body. It's also what's around you. It's your cleaning products. It's the things you use on your skin. And then um, from there, really, I wanted to go back to school and help parents officially <laughs> so that I understand how these toxins work in the body and what we can do to help ourselves and our kids as much as possible. I love that. I love that so much because, it, you know, so many times people do just jump to, you know, okay, well, let's do testing or let's use some sort of outside, um, whether it be like medication or something like that to treat it when there is, and not in all scenarios. So for everyone listening, I'm not saying for every scenario, there's always this option, but Mm -hmm. there is an option to explore. And I like that you took that initiative to explore it, to see like, Hey, let's just see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then I can explore a different option. But it's like, it's about just taking that step and taking the curiosity of, could I maybe be able to cause a bit of preventative medicine in a sense. Yeah. And I love you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I also say too, I don't judge anyone who just does another route. This is just the one that worked for us. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's so hard, especially when you see these, these things going on with your kids, we want to help them as soon as we can, as fast as we can. And oh gosh, yeah. Whatever we can do. Yeah. Like we were just talking about before we came on to this recording, like I was saying how this past week has been really challenging for me with my daughter, just being sick and everything else and then hurting her hand. And it's just like, when you're a parent, you just want to like jump in and like fix everything right away and like take it away, you know? And so I totally understand anybody's decision-making. We're just trying to give options for sure. Now, would you mind sharing a little bit more about toxins and how they enter the household? Like what are some of the common ways that people are bringing to unknowingly probably bringing toxins into their life and um, like maybe some of the most common maybe products that people are using that maybe they want to look at and maybe right. consider. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a great question. Um, they can come through into our homes in so many different ways. It's through our foods, our beverages, um, even our personal care products. I always thought, Oh, it's, you know, our skin, there's a barrier. It's not, it can really be a method of absorption. Mm -hmm. It's also through, believe it or not, one of the biggest ways to bring toxins into your home is household dust is one of the biggest exposures to toxins in your home. Um, For everybody, everything ends up like particles drop to the floor, it gets into your dust, you bring shoes in and they found even lead in household dust and flame retardant chemicals. Um, And then cleaning products as well. And those can also off gas into the air, even when they're not being used. Mm -hmm. And so we can also inhale toxicants either through something off gassing or even if we sit on a sofa that maybe has a little tear if it has flame retardant chemicals or whatever chemicals are in there we can breathe those in also Mm -hmm. and then I always like to say too kids are particularly susceptible to these toxins because they're detoxification pathways are not developed enough like an adults are so they can't 
detoxify and get rid of these chemicals as quickly as possible. And they're even more exposed than we are just for the fact that, you know, think about if you're crawling along the floor and they're sticking their fingers in their mouths. So Mm -hmm. there's just so many different points of entry and so many things that we should be checking out. But that's really too why I wrote the book, because when you hear things like that, it's just like, oh, I just want to shut that information off. It's too scary. (laughs) It's too much to do. But the good thing is that we just really have so much more control than we think we do. For sure. And it's so funny that you say that because it is, it's true. As soon as you start hearing it, and I know I'm like one of those people that like, kind of when I hear something like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had to do all the things. Like then I start looking at like all aspects and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Like I have to, you know, change my body wash, change this, change that. And like change my toothpaste, change everything like personal care products. Then look at all my food. Okay. I have to go all organic or whatever. And I get really overwhelmed. And what happens I find when people get really overwhelmed is we end up doing nothing because it's like, it feels like this losing battle. Like it feels like you're going to get to this place where it's like, this is just too much. It's too much to control. So in that, in that idea, is there a downfall to trying to go too aggressive? And also, is there a, like a better plan? I know you have your read method, so I would love to hear about that as well. Right. And the reason I did come up with all this is because of the way I started out, you know, I'm, I'm just a mom too. (laughs) (laughs) I started out hot and heavy. And I remember putting all my cleaning products in a garbage bag and replacing them and driving myself and my family just absolutely nuts. So I was thinking there has to be a better way. And luckily there is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just the small steps we take and those small steps can add up over time to make a huge impact on our health. So I did create that read method as just kind of a quick way for because one of my biggest questions is always what is the biggest thing we can do in our house to Mm -hmm. biggest bang for the buck? basically. Right. So those four steps, whether you take one of them or take all of them, you know, you can do all at one time. You can just do a couple. Um, but it's basically replacing plastics in the kitchen is mm-hmm. R. <laughs> e yeah, is yeah. organic as often as possible. A is avoid artificial fragrance. And D is to destroy dust. So I can go into those a little bit more, but those are the four basics that you can do. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind kind of like diving into each of those a little bit more, especially, um, you know, I'm really curious to know about all of them, but especially to do with like the replacing plastics, um, around foods and beverages, because this is a big one. I think that, you know, a lot of times people don't realize just how, how like much of a toxic load that could have. Right. And that is something where the the plastics can actually contain chemicals that are hormone disruptors Mm -hmm. and Technically, they're called endocrine disruptors. And the short definition of that is it's usually uh, an endocrine disruptor is a man-made or synthetic chemical that can actually wreak havoc on your endocrine system, which produces our body's hormones. And there's hormones for everything, sleep, hunger, um, you know, cardiovascular, just about every function. Well, actually every function in your body, there's basically a hormone for. And so these chemicals can come in and help and either overproduce, underproduce, mimic or block hormones. So anything can arise from that thyroid problems, cardiovascular disease, um, cancer, things like that. Now, so, what about the chem- what about the plastics that, you know, the big thing is where you see plastics now that say BPA free. Now, how do you feel about that? Because I know that that's like a big, that's a big thing in the world. Now, everyone's looking like, oh, if they're going to buy plastic, it has to say BPA free. Is that still safe to use or is it just safer, but not necessarily going to eliminate um, 
eliminate all of the toxins because I think people it's like um it's almost like when people put a stamp of approval on something and you think it's like oh that's the sample of approval I can use this now I think that that's what they've done with BPA free it's such a good point BPA free is not necessarily safer because BPA is called bisphenol A and what they really do most companies is they replace it with bisphenol S or bisphenol (laughs) F So horrible. (laughs) They've actually been shown to be just as strong, if not a little bit stronger as an endocrine disruptor. And then, so I I recommend glass or stainless steel. But the other thing is these BPA and phthalates that are commonly found in these plastic food storage containers are, most of them can't act as endocrine disruptors. And then phthalates are linked to lower IQ in children. to born to mothers that have higher levels when they've done the testing. Right. So I always like to say can act and may. (laughs) And I just do that because we don't know how these chemicals are going to act in people's bodies. It depends on so many different things. But um, most of all, the biggest thing why you want to avoid plastics in your kitchen for food storage containers is you don't want those chemicals leaching into the food or the beverage, especially Mm -hmm. when those products are heated. Right. Right. Like when you think back to like, when I think back to my childhood, like every single thing was, it was like the Tupperware parties, you know, like my mom just had like the whole like cupboard full of Tupperware when you open it, it all falls out and you can't find the lids for anything. But like, and that's like, everything was stored in there. It was reheated in there in a microwave. Like that's how we kind of grew up. So Mm -hmm. I guess my other question for you is like, you know, a lot of times people will think like, well, I grew up that way, like, and I'm fine. So (laughs) why now such a big shift? I'm curious to know your opinion on that. Cause it's, I know that that does come into the mindset of some people, right? Exactly. And with kids too, if we think about it, a lot of these chemicals haven't been tested for safety and there's more chemicals now than even when we were growing up, mm-hmm. but they can't really do human studies on these chemicals. So we don't know what those hex, the health effects are going to be further down the line. And even for us now, we don't know, they've never done studies to see how chemicals act synergistically together. Right. Or if you're exposed to one, like say you're using parabens in the morning in a shampoo, and then you're using a hand lotion later that has them later in the day. We don't know what those multiple exposures are doing. We don't know again, how they're acting with other chemicals. So it's kind of like wearing a seatbelt. Like we hope we don't need it, but at the same time it's prevention. So we could be preventing something down the road. But, and one of the things I want to bring up too about the plastic food storage containers and you talking about the Tupperware parties, because I still remember those. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of us have those plastic food storage containers. So the slightly greener way method basically is just choose your top one or two most used food storage containers that you use on a more daily basis and just replace those first with like a, a glass option. So you're not replacing all of it all at once. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the glass ones, of course, as we were talking about earlier, they're more expensive than buying the plastic ones. So for someone from an economic standpoint as well, also from a green standpoint, but from an economic standpoint as well, sometimes that's that's a great point to be able to just at least have the ones that you most commonly, usually it's like the bigger ones, right? That we use right. the most often and just get some glass ones for that. That's great. Um, now, when you're talking about like the eat and organize, like with whole foods and you're talking about organic foods, I know um, like I use the EWGs, um, the clean, they have a clean 15, I think this time mm-hmm. instead of 12. And then I think that was right. the new list that they just came out with. And then the dirty dozen. So do you kind of follow that same do you feel like that kind of helps to get an idea of the foods that you should really be focusing on organically and then not, or do you try to just do all organic? 
organic as much as possible is the best way. Mm-hmm. And there's been studies on both sides saying organic doesn't matter or organic does matter, but I've read a lot of studies on them. And my take is that it's not only what organic has, it's what organic does not have. And that's, um, they don't have as many heavy metals, heavy metal contamination and things like that. So I also like to err on the side of caution. So if it tell, if studies say there's less heavy metal contamination and there are more nutrients, as some studies have shown, I like to err on the side of caution and just go with that. Um, the good news is that uh, organic or like pesticide levels drop dramatically in the body after just several days of eating organic. But I know it's expensive. It can be expensive. And Mm -hmm. sometimes organic is not available. So then I do depend on the dirty dozen and clean 15. So what I recommend is buy organic as often as possible as those of those listed in the dirty dozen on the environmental working group site. Those are the produce that they tested and they have the lowest levels of pesticides. Right. And then you don't have to worry so much about the organic buying organic of the clean 15. Those Mm -hmm. are the top 15 produce that they've tested that have the lowest yeah, no, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Have the lowest levels of pesticides. The dirty yeah. dozen has the most. <laughs> yeah. So avoid the dirty dozen if you're going to, if you're not able to buy organic and then use the clean 15 as kind of your guideline for the, for the foods to eat. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mind got ahead of my mouth. There. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. I understood it. So that's amazing. No. And I, I agree with that as well. And I think, you know, I'm the same. I try to eat organic as much as possible, but there's some things that are just sometimes too, in the grocery stores, they're just not available. Right. And know. that's the, yeah, they just don't have certain foods that you want. And so it's either about making a choice, making a chain, like a switch to a different food or mm-hmm. then deciding, okay, well, if I'm eating 70% organic and 30% non-organic, at least I'm still reducing the load. Right. Exactly. Because I say it's better to just eat a fruit or vegetable, even if you can't find it organic, better than not eating it at all. So right. <laughs> it's, it's a good balance. <laughs> now, what about the next point, which was avoiding artificial fragrances? I love talking about this part because I think that this is like something a lot of people aren't aware of. Like I talked to my mom about this actually just, I was just telling you that my mom is moving today and she's actually putting some stuff into a storage unit. And I said to her like, well, you know, um, like, are you going to put something in there to make sure it doesn't like smell musty or anything like that? And she's just like, oh yeah, you know, maybe I'll put some like pine salt in there. And I was like, no. So I like online, I'm like ordering, I'm like, okay, here, use these charcoal bags that are going to like, like use this instead. But I guess, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. So would you mind diving into that a little bit more as to how these artificial fragrances are really affecting us and what we can do differently? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things because you're right. I don't think it gets talked about enough, but that one term fragrance is not just made up of one ingredient. It's, it can be made up of dozens and dozens of ingredients. So what happens is the companies wanted to keep it a trade secret, basically. So they're not required to list all the individual ingredients. And so a lot of those chemicals that they're using are linked to respiratory issues. They can be toxic to the brain and nervous system. They can act as endocrine disruptors. We really don't know. Some companies are starting to list them on their websites if you go look, but most of the time you won't see that. So we don't know exactly what's in that one term or how many chemicals make up that. So it goes in everything from um, personal care products, if it says fragrance, or sometimes they like to use parfum, 
<laughs> we want to avoid right. that. The fancy, the fancy way of saying fragrance. Yes. <laughs> so fancy. I mean, I don't want to use that. <laughs> but again, it's, you don't know what, that, what that's made up of. Um, candles, air fresheners, plugins, things like that. Um, and of course, candles or anything, cleaning products that can off gas into the air. So it's fragrance can be in so many different things. So what I recommend is avoiding the term fragrance or perfume on a product. Mm -hmm. um, don't use air fresheners or air freshening sprays or plugins. You just, you're breathing those in all the time, especially if you have a plug-in. Yeah. And we don't always think about how we're breathing in those chemicals. I mean, I never did before I started doing this. I, I have plugins all over my house, I think. Because well, yeah, it makes your house smell good. So you're like, oh, it's nice. Or like the worst, yeah. I think, are the ones that are in the cars. Yeah, the, the ones that plug into the vent and then it's just blowing okay. it right in your face. Do you know, oh, yeah. you've seen those ones, they like clip right on. So it just blows it right. And I'm like, oh my oh, God, yeah. like if I get in a car and they have that, I'm like, please, please, oh. please remove it. Cause I'm going to like, it's not, it's, it's literally just overwhelming to me, but it is. And they've done studies too. I mean, it, it, it can be toxic to the brain and nervous system, which explains why sometimes when you're around that you get headaches. Right. And they've done studies too, where they found, um, I think they did it on newer moms and the ones that used aerosol sprays had more headaches, more depression. So it so could be linked to so many different things. And so what would you suggest people use? Because I know that a lot of people do, they want their home to smell good and they mm -hmm. love using like those plugins. Um, like there's obviously like the essential oils and diffusers and things like that. Is that sort of your recommendation or is there anything else that you recommend as well? Well, the good news is there's a lot of different, especially candles. Candles was my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Such a candle person. Um, a lot of candle companies are coming out with naturally scented. Um, you have to be careful a little bit there too. So look for scented with essential oils mm -hmm. um, and not just naturally scented. I don't know. Sometimes that can mean vague things also, but look for lead-free wicks. So basically cotton wicks. Um, a lot of them will be like, uh, why can I not think? beeswax mm -hmm. or there's some based on coconut oil. So you want to avoid the paraffin based because those throw out all sorts of different carcinogenic cancer causing toxins. Um, and then you can use essential oils with diffusers. That's one of my favorite ways. There's so many companies out there now that have so many different amazing blends. Um, so that's a great way. Opening windows is, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. is another great way. And then in areas where it kind of smells a little musty or you want to absorb some odor, odor I love your suggestion of the charcoal bags. That yeah. is, it makes such a difference. And then you're doing it naturally too. So you're naturally addressing those rather than synthetically covering them up. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that's always my thing is like, how can we absorb if it mm -hmm. smells weird or anything, right? Like a basement, like if it's a musty basement or like my mom's storage locker, like how can you make it so it doesn't get like stinky, but like without just replace, like without just like putting a bandaid on it or replacing it, right? With something else. So mm -hmm. that was kind of my thoughts on the charcoal bags. Now in the final piece of um, your read method is destroy dust. Now this one is like a touchy subject for me because I'm like, yo, like how do you get rid of all the dust? Because there's so much dust in my house all the time. I'm like, I can't clean all the time. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I try, I try to keep it clean, but it's like once a week I get a chance to dust this house, if not. Like, you know. Right. So how do you um how do you manage that without going crazy? <laughs> sure. Well, again, it's kind of like a slightly greener way. So basically yeah. address the areas where you spend the most time or where your kids spend the most time. So if you can just even run through there with a microfiber cloth, those are yeah. so good at just grabbing dust and not using the chemicals. Yeah. So it's super easy to go into an area and just kind of 
just you know, wipe it down real quick. Exactly. Or mop or vacuum the floor really fast. Just concentrate on those. If you can do that a couple times a week, that's great. If not, just do at least once a week in the areas you spend the most time, like bedrooms, kids play areas, family room. Um, because we all we could drive ourselves crazy if we concentrated on everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> come up with even like a, a schedule. Um, doing something as easy as that too. just schedule your time. And I think I do, I'm trying to think, yeah, once or twice a week, I just run through my family room really quick and just do it. Um, and then the more you do dust, the less dust is in your house. So it's actually like over time, you'll save yourself a lot of hours of work. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah, that, that is true because, you know, the more often you do it, the less time it's going to take because it's just going to be nice and fast. What do you think about like those natural cleaning products that are out there? Like especially specifically, and I'm curious for my own use, because I use a lot of method um, mm-hmm. products and Honest Company products. Those are like the two main ones that I kind of go with. And that was mostly based off like the EWG website, like recommendations. When I was looking at a lot of different things for, especially when my daughter was born, I looked at their site for everything to do with baby wipes to diapers to everything. And I followed all of those rules. How, how do you feel like they compare to other products that are out there? Or do you like using more natural, like, like the whole, like, you know, old school vinegar and lemon and that kind of stuff? Like, what is your preference? Sure. Well, I don't like to bash company names. No, 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 um, so no. And I'm, not asking, I'm not asking you to throw because... rocks. I'm not asking you to throw rocks. I'm just curious to know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, yeah, but I, I'm not super big fan of method. Um, I, and I have used it in the past and I, I, in a pinch, I will use it. Um, my favorite though is still like the vinegar based. I like to do a lot of DIY yeah. and they're, they're fun too. And then you can also have your kids help you because you're around vinegar and things like that. Um, but I, I have a couple other brands too. I think if you can use soap based, uh, Mm -hmm. products like Vermont soap is one of my favorites. Um, I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just like to throw that out there. They just have a few simple ingredients. Um, but basically you can do, don't do your countertops with vinegar though. I will say that if you have marble or granite or any type of stone, anything, don't use vinegar because it can etch it, but you can make a really nice, all-purpose cleaner with vinegar and distilled water or vinegar, I'm sorry, distilled water, or even like a Castile soap based mm-hmm. cleaner for your countertops if they are stone. Um, so you can do something as simple as that. Window cleaners can be as simple as vinegar, a 50-50 mix of vinegar and distilled water. Um, and I always say distilled because water can have minerals in it. So you don't want to leave any streaks behind or any sort of mineral deposits. So always use distilled vinegar is my recommendation, but there's so many different things, baking soda and vinegar, while they're not like necessarily going to clean, they're great degreasers. They're great for cleaning toilets. Um, they're great for cleaning out ovens instead of regular oven cleaner, right? Just sprinkle baking soda and then spray vinegar on top and it foams. It's like so fun to watch still. I mean, I've done it thousands of times and I'm still like, oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Things like that. They they work great as degreasers. So I would say the more natural, more things you can use from your pantry, the better. And there's so many different great DIY recipes out there. I know I've seen a lot too that include essential oils as well, like where you can, so if you want it to kind of smell a little bit better, you can actually like put a couple of drops of essential oils into those like cleaning products, at home, like your home DIY stuff to make it not smell like vinegar. <laughs> exactly. Quickly too, actually. So that's the good news. Cause I was always nervous about that also, but I feel like it, it fades really quickly, but yeah, it does. makes a big 
difference. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Now, moving on just to like the personal care products. So they know like, okay, so we have kind of an idea from like a household standpoint, but I'd love to just hear a little bit more about the um, personal care products and what what products do you recommend again? Cause I know like the um, dirty dozen and the clean 15 doesn't necessarily focus on like that. They focus more on the foods. What kind of products do you recommend if you're going to go and replace any personal care products with something that is organic or more natural, which are the ones that you say are kind of like, please really look into that one versus not as important if you had to kind of put it on a scale. Sure. And do you want brand names that I like, or what do you look um, at? No. You can get brands if you want. Yeah, no, you can get brands if you want, or you could just kind of give like a list of like, you know, I definitely recommend looking at like replace your toothpaste, your deodorant, like those kinds of things. And here's why. Yeah. Sure. One of the very first things I recommend is toothpaste to replace, because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, you're putting it in your mouth and whatever those toxic ingredients are, I always liken it to, um, I think when you're having a heart attack, what do they give you? Is it like nitro? Nitro. Nitroglycerin yeah. or whatever that is, yeah. they tell you to put it under your tongue. And that's because those mucous membranes are so thin. It gets into your body so quickly to work. Yeah. So I always like to compare that to your toothpaste. <laughs> so you're right. getting those, you're putting it in your mouth. Kids can swallow it. So I always recommend toothpaste first. That is my number one. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the other things that you use on a daily basis. So I always recommend choosing your top one or two most toxic, most used items. So the next one might be a face wash. Right. Or um, shampoo too, but I know a lot of us women don't do it every single day, the shampooing. Oh, yeah. Mine's like twice a week max. (laughs) Yep, me too. (laughs) I'm like, I messed up on the shampoo. I'm like, you can can save that for later if you only do it a couple times. (laughs) Um, So things like that. But again, it can really get expensive if you're replacing everything, especially if you have things that aren't used up yet. Right. So um, I have a favorite mascara, for example, and I don't think it's on a safer list anywhere. (laughs) So, but I only use it for special occasions. I don't use it every day. I use a safer brand for every day. So that's another thing is either don't wear makeup every day or use a safer brand for everyday mm-hmm. use and just save your favorites for special occasions. Perfect. And is there a site or anything that you recommend that has kind of a list of some of the brands that are safer brands other than the EWG site that you're aware of, like specifically for personal care products? Sure. Well, I have some listed on my site. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually in one of my blog posts. It's I just call it my favorite things. Um, and I have a lot listed there, but I think there's like um, the Think Dirty app, Leaping Bunny, that type of thing too. Okay, perfect. And um, for everyone listening, all of the links um, to get to Tanya's uh, website, as well as all of her details will be in our blog post. So you can go to fitchicksacademy.com to link through as well. Um, now my last sort of question that I really wanted to ask you, um, before I get your top tips on becoming slightly greener is just in terms of ingredients to avoid, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but I want, I really want to ask you this question because I think we were talking about personal care, but then specifically going back to food, I know that there are certain ingredients that are just, people think that they're okay and they think that they're safe, but then they're kind of being misled by the industry, which infuriates me. And I'm sure you probably feel just so frustrated too. Like even when we're talking today and talking about how, you know, they'll just replace BPA with BPS, like, and it's just like, God, like, how are they even allowed to do these things? Like, it's crazy to me, but, um, are there specifically like some safe ingredients that you should avoid? 
safe ingredients to avoid or Mm -hmm. to use safe ingredients to avoid in foods that are showing up in foods today that people are, they think they're safe because of the way that it's being marketed and positioned. Yeah. I mean, I can go into my number one ingredient that I think doesn't get enough attention and that's monosodium glutamate. Okay. And that's MSG. And that's in like so many different processed foods. So if you see that on a label, um, some people try to avoid that anyway. And this can kind of go into my deal breakers, which is what I recommend finding is um, I put that in the book too. It's just, it, it becomes automatic when we start going to the store and looking at the label to know what we should buy and what we shouldn't once we sit down and decide what our deal breaking ingredients is. Mm-hmm. Um, ingredient is. <laughs> so um, monosodium glutamate is one of mine because, um, you know, I have learning disabilities and ADHD in my family. So MSG is one of the ingredients to avoid. And that's because there's so many different things that are linked to um, brain health with MSG. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing a study has shown is that MSG will actually shut off leptin, which is the hormone that tells you you're full. Right. So if you've ever sat in front of the TV and eaten a whole bag of chips, you know, you can kind of That's blame why. the chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it. It's not me. It's the chips. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the big ingredients I recommend avoiding. It's, you know, some people get headaches from it. You can get face, face flushing or some of the health effects people have reported. Um, another one is artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use those. Um, if you can help it, I recommend avoiding those as well. But they're in a lot of like diet foods and sugar-free foods. Right. But that also has a big brain health link and some possibly could be cancer causing. So that's another one. I really, a high one I recommend avoiding. And what about um, for replacing it? Cause I know the big thing now is everybody's using stevia mm-hmm. to replace it. Do you feel confident, comfortable with stevia being a replacement to artificial sweeteners for people that are looking for low calorie options to sugars? That's a great question. Um, I have differing. I, I mean, it, it can be um, there's, drawbacks, there's pros and cons to all of them, but I mean, that could be a safer one to use in the meantime, or just to not use sweetened foods is my biggest thing. Right. (laughs) Um, I know this is such a hard question to answer. Uh, There's, uh, and then um, I'm trying to think, I have a list on my site somewhere of the safer sugars, but I haven't looked at it in a while. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there are a lot of different sweeteners that you can use that are good Mm -hmm. options that are out there. Okay, perfect. And I think, you know, even just naturally, like if you're baking or something and you use like applesauce or honey or any of those things too, like, or maple syrup, like anything of that's natural um, occurring, those are always good options for substitutions as well. They are. Yeah. Great point. Perfect. Um, And so my final question for you, just to kind of like bring it all back together is, you know, and I love this conversation so much. So thank you again, but I would love to hear what your three, your top three tips are to becoming slightly greener. So in terms of like, just the top three things that people should just be doing, focusing on in order to be able to just set themselves up for success. Right. I think the first thing is always to choose your top one or two things. So to keep it simple, what I've done is I always think of it in three different categories of the house. So think of it as three pillars. Okay. The first one is foods and beverages. And I think that's really the foundation because if we're not eating clean, we're not setting up a good foundation. Right. So foods and beverages is first. The second place I always look is personal care and beauty products. So anything like body lotion, toothpaste, shampoo, anything that we use on a daily basis or cosmetics, that type of thing. The Third place I always recommend looking that can have the biggest bang for your buck too is cleaning products. 
mm-hmm. because again, they can off gas into the air. Some of them have some pretty toxic chemicals. So those are the three areas I like to concentrate on. And when it comes to those three areas, I like to look at each one and decide on your top one or two. Right. So look at your top one or two most used, what you think is the most toxic. <laughs> um, it's pretty easy to know um, that you use on a daily basis and replace just those first in those three categories. And you don't have to do it all in one day or all in one week. You can do it over time. Mm-hmm. The next thing I suggest is just kind of take it easy on yourself. <laughs> yes. Also, no mom guilt, I always like to say too, because once we start digging into this information, it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, I gave that to my kid or I ate that last week. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I recommend avoiding is triclosan, which is um, an antibacterial mm-hmm. that can act as an endocrine disruptor. And one of the brand names for that or something similar is Microban. And I literally have a picture of my son in his first birthday eating his smash cake. It says Microban, right big letters across the top <laughs> of the tray. But I was doing what I thought was best at the time and doing antibacterial. So. Right. Um, so give ourselves a little bit of grace and just remember the 80, 20 rule because it applies in so many different ways. And it applies here. If we're doing the right thing, 80% of the time, we don't have to worry about the 20% of the time that we don't have as much control over it. Right. And the last thing is again, find your deal breakers. And what I recommend with that is kind of start with your why do you have, or your children have some sort of health condition? Um, what, what's your goal? And then once you decide that you can kind of look at ingredients that are associated if you do have a health condition, um, and those will be your deal breaking ingredients. And you really only need one or two. Like I said, mine is MSG because we have learning disabilities and ADHD in our family. Mm-hmm. Another one for me is artificial colors because that's also linked. So when I go to the store and I look at the back of the label and it has those two, I know I just put the product right back. Right. It makes it really easy. So I think if you start with those three things and really just concentrating on one or two things at a time, that those are really the best ways to start out that you won't drive yourself crazy. <laughs> I love that. I love that. These are the tips so that you don't go crazy and you don't have tons of mom guilt, which I think is so key. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is amazing. Thank you so much for all of your time and this amazing information. Um, would you mind just sharing with our listeners just a little bit more about how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more? Um, also where they can access your book that's coming out. Can they pre-order? It is on pre-order right now. Yeah, it is. Amazing. Yep, you can get it at major bookstores or amazon.com. I know it's on. Um, so you can find it there. And then my website is slightlygreener.com and you can find all my contact information there or on um, Facebook and Instagram as well as slightly greener. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your time, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, as I mentioned, there will be um, a post with all of Tanya's details and links um, linking back as well as to her pre-order link will be on our website at fitchicksacademy.com. So you can check it out there as well. Everyone, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week for Fit Chicks Chat. Hey, this is Justina. I am a health and fitness coach, and I strive to create radical accountability for my clients and massive action towards the fit and healthy person you want to be. Through my challenging small group sessions, totally addictive personal training sessions, and free challenges, I am here to help you feel, look, and be your best while through every session, making you more addicted to how you feel after the session. That was my goal. That's what I wanted to create when I started in this business, when I started with 
um, Laura and Amanda, Amanda uh, and with Fit Chicks. And it's been an incredible journey and incredible ride since then. I wanted to create a community when where people can come together and be supportive of one another and be able to share their stories and challenges and laugh and create friendships. So that's how it all came to be. Uh, It's been an amazing ride, like I said, and I love every moment of it. And I love the transformations that my clients are having uh, in their personal lives, in their business sometimes, in all aspects of their life. Because let's face it, fitness is not just about the physical. Once you start working, Working on your physical, everything else seems to fall into place and everything else seems to improve, whether it's at your work, your personal life. It's absolutely amazing. And I love, I love what I do and what I was able to create. Now, if you are ready to get certified today and build the fitness and nutrition business of your dreams, we invite you to join our FitChix Academy upcoming certifications for our fitness and nutrition expert program, as well as our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certifications. So we can help you build a successful business using our proven formula that has helped hundreds of our graduates do the same. Learn more at www.fitchicksacademy.com. And we look forward to welcoming you to the Academy. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.